Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mama Jack. Today, we're talking about NICU stays, and I have a guest, but before I get to my guest, I wanted to talk about my journey with NICU stays. My son, Kennedy, was in the NICU for three or four days. I believe it was four days, three days. Anyways, it was pretty traumatizing for me. So he came out, and he had gurgling in his lungs. So when he was breathing. He was gurgling a little bit. So that means fluid in his lungs. So they took him off to the NICU. They, you know, took my epidural out. They got me cleaned up. They sent me to the recovery room and it had been about like two hours and I still hadn't seen him. And finally I called the nurse and I'm like, can I go see my kid? And my husband went with him. So I was on my own for these two hours, just thinking like, what the heck is going on? Like nobody gave me an update. It was really weird. So I get to the NICU and he's attached to everything. He had a feeding tube, he had oxygen and nobody prepared me for what I was about to walk into. It was like, you know, you're so excited about giving birth. It was my first. He seemed completely fine other than that, you know, and it was pretty scary to See, he was taking formula at first. And then I was once my milk supply came up more, they would give him my colostrum as much as I could give and then we would give him formula. So I ended up pumping with him. So once my milk came in, it was all breast milk, but it was a short stay. It was about, like I said, four days, I think three days, four days, we had to go home. And there was a night without him. And I remember it was like 10 p.m. and the nurse was like, please go home and sleep. And I was like, I just really want to stay here. And she's like, no, honey, go get some rest. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm waking up every two hours to pump. I'm not going to rest. So he actually came early. He came at 37 weeks. So we weren't really ready in our place. So we frantically went home, did all the things, organized the diapers, everything we could or what we thought we needed. And, you know, the next day we go to pick him up, he did the little car seat test and everything ended up being fine. Seeing your baby like that is pretty scary. And it killed me inside. I know it's something very simple compared to what other mothers experience in the NICU. But I don't think any prepare you for that moment when you see this little being that you just made hooked up to all of these machines It was pretty crazy. So that made paranoia when he came home even worse, of course, because you have a newborn and it's like you're already paranoid and like, can I do this? Oh, my God, this is so overwhelming. Like he's waking up at this time and, you know, he had a bottle of formula and he was drinking from a bottle in the NICU and I was trying to breastfeed. So that made it even harder. But we'll go into that in another episode. Point being short NICU stay affected my heart so much. I remember seeing him for the first time and just crying so hard and you can't hold them. You know, I couldn't hold him. I could put my hand in a little hole. I got to hold him when he first came out, but it was so scary. And my guest has a story, but it's a lot more in depth than mine. And my heart goes out to all the NICU mamas because it's tough. It's tough to see your little one like that. And of course, when I was in the hospital, 
I was there every second I could be. So I would pump throughout the night. After I pumped in my room, I'd take it over to the NICU and I'd feed him myself. My husband stayed with me and he would come sometimes, but I let him sleep through the night because one of us had to be, you know, coherent. And um, it was very, it was a tough way to start. I'll just say that. So for all you mamas, I'm with you. My love is with you. And my heart is with you because even those couple days and going home and not having my baby, even for that one night, like killed me inside. So let's start with Brittany's journey. I call her Superwoman Mama, and you'll see why. So I got Brittany on the line. Brittany is a mother of nine. Yes, you heard me correctly. Nine kids, um, six that she actually birthed, and then three bonus children. Uh, hi, Brittany. Hi. So we are here today to talk about your pregnancy with your triplets. She has triplets, everybody. Yep, that's the last three. And to talk about their NICU stay. So first of all, how are you doing today? I am doing as good as I can be doing. <laughs> I know. All those kids drive you nuts and you're a working mom. This girl's superwoman here. So Brittany's a friend of mine. So from what I understand, you had had a tubal ligation before you and your husband decided to have another baby, right? Yes. Okay, so you had to go through, was it in vitro? Yes, IVF. You went through your IVF, and tell me a little bit about that. Oh, IVF in general was such an emotional experience in itself. A lot goes with it, and if anyone's ever done IVF, they know exactly what I'm talking about so many hit or misses nothing ever goes as planned we I'm not going to go in depth on how IVF worked but we did egg retrieval and they chose the best of the best of our eggs and the best of the best of my husband's sperm and made cute little embryos for us in which only four survived so we actually decided to take a poll on Facebook and see how many embryos we should transfer, one or two. And everyone was saying two, and we were like, okay, you know, we'll do two because it is quite the expensive journey. Um, we definitely wanted at least one baby out of everything. So two was implanted, and then we ended up with three. <laughs> so. So did you go back to Facebook and start a GoFundMe for your triplets on the way? I definitely should have. <laughs> I, I can remember the shock still today that we were in. So our very first ultrasound after we got the phone call that my HCG levels were through the roof at four weeks. And they ended up doing an ultrasound and... They only seen two at first. We clearly seen two at first. Two different sacs. There was definitely two babies. And we were like, okay, twins, you know. Not a shock there. We implanted two embryos. So kind of what we were expecting. We were fine with it. And my husband jokingly says, are you sure that there isn't any more? 
and I, I blame him because <laughs> the nurse was like, well, I can double check. So she did. She double checked and behold, there were three beating hearts. Oh my God. <laughs> did he pass out? What, did no. you, what was running through your head at that moment? That's insane. So I can't tell you what he was feeling. Only I know he kept saying, um, are you sure? Like, is this real life? Are you lying to us? Is this a prank? And believe it or not, the thoughts that were running through my head at that time was, I've only got two boobs. How am I supposed to breastfeed three babies with two boobs? I was so, I was so just distraught that I only had two boobs for three babies. So that was my initial thought in the beginning was, how am I going to feed breastfeed three babies? I really want to breastfeed. And then it was, I don't think it really hit me until I gave birth that there were three babies. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it really hits anybody that they're like, like, obviously, you know, you're having a baby, right? Cause you're pregnant and you can feel them inside. But like, until you see them, that's like the, oh shit moment where you're like, oh my, oh my, okay. There's another one. Here's another one. Yeah. Um, so pregnancy wise, how did that look different than your other pregnancies? Oh, it was so much. It was so much. So I feel like with my other three pregnancies, I wasn't as anxious. I knew that there was one baby and I always had faith that all three babies were going to come out successful on their own in each individual pregnancy. So it was, you know, singletons were, was a breeze anxiety wise. And then with the three all at once, there was so much anxiety every single night that I went to bed. I was so worried that one wasn't going to make it. I had several scares in my pregnancy with bleeding and just any worse thought that you can have is just constantly running through your head. And all you want is by, you know, a viable pregnancy with all three babies to be healthy. And so it was, it was so, I, I don't even have words to explain. It felt like I was living in a hell that I could not wake up from because I was so terrified every night. I was terrified to move the wrong way or, you know, what happens if I accidentally slip and fall? Like, even early on in the pregnancy, it was just so nerve wracking, not knowing and not being able to see or hear the heartbeats 24 seven, knowing that they're okay. And just all the scares that come with it. You know, when you have more than one baby, not so much with twins, but with triplets and beyond, um, high risk doctors are very encouraging in terms of (laughs) reducing your pregnancy. They don't like, I shouldn't say they don't like, but what it made me feel like when I had my first high-risk doctor appointment was that they didn't want me to have all three of these babies because they kept pushing and kept pushing to do a reduction and to take one of the baby's lives so that it could be a more safe pregnancy for me and the other two. And that was gut-wrenching. Like I couldn't even fathom taking one of my babies from me, not knowing you know, what they ever look like. And it just, it really hurts when you have a doctor encouraging you to do that. Um, yeah, but I can't imagine that. Yeah. So how long, I know with like twins, 
you have, you know, a certain amount of weeks that you're expected to get to. With triplets, what is the average weeks that they're trying to get you to? So the average is 34 to 36 weeks. Okay. And how long did you make it? 26 weeks. Okay. So before that, were you having complications? Like what was going on? I was perfectly fine until um, I hit 25 weeks. I went in and I discovered that I had coleostasis. And of course, I had gestational diabetes as well and was on insulin. But other than that, it was a pretty healthy pregnancy other than the gestational diabetes and the coleostasis. What's coleostasis? Oh, man, I am not a doctor, but I can tell you what it did to me. It made me so itchy. I was clawing at my arms and my legs just 24-7. I was making myself bleed from scratching so much. And they say it's where it's like your liver shutting down. Wow. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know how much it is for one baby to take a toll on your body, let alone three. I can't imagine that. Were you nauseous the whole time? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that just never settled at all. Nope. Yeah, I could imagine. So was it a planned, you ended up, did you end up having a C-section? Yeah. Yeah, I I did end up having a C-section. So I started preterm labor. Um, I was at Huddle House having instant contractions, two minutes apart, horrible pain in my back. Went to the hospital and they were actually going to send me home because they said that I wasn't going to have the babies however that night you know I asked if they would keep me they were going to bring me pain medicine as soon as my husband came back he had ran to Walmart to get um, some food for me because I can't take pain medicine if I don't eat but he went to go get food and the next thing I know I went to go to the bathroom felt a lot of pressure thought I had to use the restroom when I reached down there because I felt something coming out it was Elena sacking off she was entering the world whether we wanted her to or not oh my god she started so young (laughs) okay so me and Brittany are really good friends and little Elena is like she's like a little whippersnapper she's (laughs) she's a bombshell already started coming out she was already a troublemaker (laughs) yep that's Elena okay so what happened after that what did they do so they, you know, I started pulling all the nurses lines and hitting all the buttons and nurses came in there and thought I was going crazy. Um, and I said, no, this baby is coming out of me. And she looked down and she said, nope, you're right. So they flipped me upside down on my bed. My husband had just walked in the door. He had no idea what was going on. And then they were like, well, she's going to have these babies today. So they rushed me to the delivery room. I was awake during the whole thing. There was probably about 25 doctors and nurses in the room. And I remember hearing little Elena cry the first time. And I heard Matt cry the first time. Hudson, unfortunately, we did not hear cry. They they put Elena at my face, but they told us that due to how underdeveloped they were and how little they were, they were going to have to put them in a little bag to keep their heat and take them straight to the NICU. And so my husband took some pictures for me and and I can see where they were working on Hudson and do not believe he was breathing whenever he was born. They had to perform CPR to get him to breathe, but luckily he 
he's a, a fighter and he started making it and then they were all three rushed into the NICU oh my goodness like I can't imagine what it's like like after you know Kennedy was in the NICU for a little bit and he had a little bit of gurgling which meant like fluid in his lungs and just feeling that feeling like with one kid and he did not have a long NICU stay at all I believe it was like three or four days so like I cannot imagine how it must have felt with three of these little ones that you were just like First of all, it's like for, you know, a mom, whenever your baby just gets taken from you like that, even though you know they're in the NICU, like they're in safe hands, there's like no way to describe that feeling. Like for me, it was like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? Like I was in mode. Like, how did you feel after that? Yeah, that is, I, I mean, I feel like when they took them back, I was okay. I had been through the NICU journey before with my oldest son, Jaden, he was in the NICU for two weeks. Um, So I kind of knew what to expect in the beginning. It didn't really start getting hard for me until I couldn't hold them immediately. Um, Because with Jaden, I was able to hold him as soon as I was out of the delivery room and and finished recovering. Um, With the triplets, I actually didn't get to hold any of them for quite some time. Elena, I had to wait two weeks. Hudson, I waited three weeks. And Mac was two months old before I could hold him. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So were all three babies kept at the same hospital? So we had a scare with Mac. Elena and Hudson stayed at one hospital. Um, Mac was shipped to, I say shipped, but he was transported. (laughs) (laughs) He was transported to a children's hospital because he had to have some emergency care done. They thought he had air around his heart, which he did, and it could instantly kill a baby if not taken care of immediately. So they transported him to a different hospital the very next day. And I think that is when my anxiety really kicked in. It was so, so hard not being there, not being able to see him settled in. I know I remember sending my husband to that hospital um, while I was still recovering and able to stay with the other two. Um, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I remember not knowing, you know, not knowing if he was okay. um, Because he, he was just our little sickling. And as a mom, when your baby gets separated from you, at a completely different hospital and you can't be there to console them. It was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to deal with in my whole entire life. Did you bounce back between hospitals? Like how long did you, were you, I don't remember, were you working right before? Did you have to take time off of work? So I was working. I was able to take 12 weeks off and During that time, you know, I was hopping between the two different hospitals. Um, We were going every single day to both hospitals multiple times a day when my older children were in school. So or whenever they were at their other parents house, that's whenever we would spend pretty much all day at both hospitals. There was times whenever I started feeling really guilty because I would leave even whenever my older children were home. Um, I would go to the hospital and I felt like they never seen me during our NICU journey. Well, how, how many days were they all in there? 
So Elena was in the NICU for 114 days. Hudson was in the NICU for 136. And Mac was in there for 137. Oh my goodness. Were you able, did you sleep there ever? Or did you just go home at the end of the night and that was that? Like, Yeah, so they wouldn't let me sleep there. <laughs> and the hospital, both hospitals were about 45 minutes from my house. And I believe I was there so much during the times that I could be there during visiting hours because I was trying to breastfeed and I was pumping and having to constantly deliver milk to the, to both hospitals back and forth. So there were times when I would go in from six o'clock in the morning, leave at two and then go back 7 PM at night and leave at 2 AM in the morning. Oh my goodness. It's like, why wouldn't they just let you stay at that point? I know they <laughs> yeah. didn't let me stay in the NICU either. They literally had to like pull me away. And it was funny. Cause they're like, Go home and get some rest. I'm like, first of all, I have to pump every two hours. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, like, get rest. My baby is away from me. Like, yeah, you, you must not have a baby because, like, that first couple like days, months, it's like you physically feel something when you can't be with your baby. You know, like you physically feel something when you can't be with that child. So let's talk about Elena and her name. You say. Was it just, you know, at the beginning, what were the issues? What did she have to go through during that journey? Oh, there was so many issues. I mean, when they were born, their skin was translucent because they were so underdeveloped. So it was really just her lungs were underdeveloped. She was on the ventilator. Um, she then moved to CPAP and then the regular oxygen O2 in her nose. And then it was feeding, getting her to eat. But once she was able to eat, she she would be able to come home. So she caught on fairly quickly. She didn't have a lot of mishaps. She didn't have to go back on the ventilator multiple times. Um, so she was she was the easier one of the three. Mm-hmm. So did they basically make them all stay until it would have been the correct um, gestational time for them to be born? Was that kind of it? Or was it just based off of the issues they were having? So it was based off the issues they were having, but they did tell us, you know, if things are going well at their um, expected due date, they would more than likely get to come home. And I think that's one of the things as a parent that we're told um, to kind of keep our hopes up. But I'm going to tell you, I was told, you know, expect June 17th, expect June 17th, like they're, they're going to come home June 17th. And it never happened. June 17th came around and I was just disappointed time and time again, every single day. It was always something else, you know, they need to be here a little bit longer. So they actually didn't come home until August. All of them eventually came home around the end of August, which was when they were four months old already. Oh my goodness. That is just, that's nuts. So um, what about Hudson? So Hudson, he had a lot of lung issues. He was on the ventilator, switched over to CPAP and then back on the ventilator, then back on CPAP, and then back on the ventilator. And then eventually, you know, he was able to push through and was on CPAP and he had some major issues with his heart rhythm. So they had to end up putting him on a medication to slow down his heart rate because it was over the 200s. And then 
once that was settled and he would eat fairly well, then he was able to come home. Did that, did any of the issues carry on after they got back? Did you have to, was, was Hudson on a feeding tube as well? Or were all three of them on feeding tubes? So all three of them were on feeding tubes um, from the very beginning. The, just the tube that went down the throat Mm -hmm. or, you know, up in the, in the mouth, down the throat or up the nose, down the throat. But Mac was the only one that was brought home on a feeding tube. Um, He ended up getting a Mickey button, which is a G tube directly into the stomach. Okay. So Mac, when he was in the hospital, what was going on with him? And tell us about, you know, what happened with him. Do they believe, because he has cerebral palsy, do they believe it was from birth or what, what did they tell you about that? So when he was, when all the babies were first born, they all were, they all had an extensive workup. They did the head scans, you know, everything was fine with all of them to an extent. I believe what really happened is during the transport between hospitals, he was just so underdeveloped and any little bump that they hit could have caused brain damage. I don't know if that's what's happened, but honestly, everything was fine before he went to that hospital. So something along the lines there happened and he did end up getting a brain bleed. He had a grade four brain bleed on his right side and a grade two on his left side. Um, Grade four is the highest brain bleed you can have. And when they told me that news, you know, I was like, well, what does that mean? Exactly. He was very, very sick for the longest time. He ended up getting staff in his bloodstream There was times when we walked in and I just knew if I left, he wasn't going to be alive when I came back, but he fought through all odds. I mean, he had to have several blood transfusions, several platelet transfusions, was on the ventilator the longest. He was on the ventilator for the first three months of his life. They didn't diagnose him with cerebral palsy until he was actually a year old. So they didn't know about that. All they knew was that his brain had suffered some severe brain damage from the brain bleed. And we didn't know what that would look like. He ended up developing hydrocephalus and they had to put in a brain shunt to drain all of the fluid off of his brain. Oh my goodness. That is so, I just can't imagine going through all, like, you know how strong you are, right? Like, do you realize that? (laughs) Most people would not be able to handle all of that. Like, you are a strong, strong woman. I have to tell you. I've always thought that about you. But honestly, that is just like, like I said, you're superwoman. You're the superwoman. (laughs) Having the three in the NICU, emotionally, like, were you just in survival mode, do you think? Or were you able to process things? What was going on with you during this time, especially when you would go home and you couldn't stay the night with your babies? Oh, my goodness. So I know for the first month, I I feel like I was in survival mode. I didn't really let my emotions hit me. And one of the things I will say is, The hospital that Mac was at, they did not have cameras. The hospital that Elena and Hudson was at, they did have cameras. So I could watch my babies 24-7 if I wanted to. So that helped a little bit. But I I remember 
one of the most vivid images in my head when I look back at that time was I remember going into the nursery one night and just grabbing their blankets and squalling my eyes out, going through clothes that they wouldn't be able to wear right now and just crying because I wasn't there and I felt like I was never going to get my babies home. And I did this probably, I want to say once a week after the first month. And my husband would come in there and he'd be like, are you okay? And like, no, you know, I don't have my babies. And he did his best to, to console me, but he also knew to just kind of let me work out my emotions on my own. He, he was my biggest supporter with my emotions, but I will say it was just, it was so much, it was just so much heartbreak and not knowing, you know, not being able to see Mac, like I could see the other two and not knowing if everything was okay. I think I called the hospital at least 10 times a day, every single day, (laughs) whenever I wasn't there. Um, They definitely knew me by name. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I remember seeing all the other mothers and fathers in the NICU when we were there for a short amount of time. And you could tell a lot of them were twins. And they were, you know, the parents just had their routine. They just came in, they did their thing. They stayed with their babies. Did you have to go back to work before they were out? Yes. Yes, I did. Luckily, I was able to work remotely. And so that really helped my situation a lot. I couldn't imagine being in a job that didn't allow you to just, you know, leave whenever you needed to. My supervisor was always very understanding and told me, you know, anytime I needed to go to the NICU to feed the babies or drop anything off to please feel free to go. So I was able to go on my lunch breaks every day working an eight to five job. So I would go on my lunch breaks for an hour and spend time at one hospital. And then when I got off work, I would go to the other hospital and spend time with the other baby or babies that I didn't see on my lunch break. Then they come home. (laughs) So like at first you have two babies in one hospital, one baby in another. Then you have one baby at home, one in a hospital and one in another. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably when it started getting extremely hard to manage because again, I was breastfeeding and I was pumping and Elena was strictly on the breast at first. And so it got really hard when she came home because I couldn't go to the hospital every single day, multiple times a day, like I used to. Um, I could only go every other day and it was normally a short hour gap that I was able to spend at each hospital. Whatever hospital I didn't get to go to, my husband would go to the other one. That way each baby had one of us there every single night. But it was so hard not being able to see the boys every single day, multiple times a day like I was. That is just nuts. And then, so you got used to one baby at home and then the other one came home. Were there any special needs that they had when they were just getting out of the hospital or by that time were they on bottle or breast and you didn't have to like worry about those two because they were the first two that came home? So the first two, so Elena and Hudson, when they came home, it was really just like having your newborn baby at home other than, you know, they did have some specialists that they had to see quite frequently, but For at-home care, it was just like taking care of a newborn baby. Yeah. 
And, but when Mac came home, he had a little more to adjust to, right? Uh, oh, yeah. So, Mac, we had to train on his oxygen before he could actually come home. So, he was on oxygen when he came home for the first two months. So, he actually didn't have to stay on it too, too long. But for eight weeks, he was at home with oxygen. And then we had his feeding tube. Luckily, I have another son, Rylan, who had a feeding tube for the first six years of his life. And it was the same feeding tube that Mac had. So I was already fairly experienced with that, which was definitely a plus. So it was a lot. It was a lot to juggle, especially when we'd have to go out with all three babies and we'd have to have Mac's oxygen tank. And you really start to rely on the medical supplier that gets you these things because we were out 24 seven, it seemed like to all these different doctor's appointments. And if Mac didn't have his auction or if our power went out, like it was just so much that went into it. The anxiety continued after they came home from the NICU for sure. Yeah. I couldn't imagine because with one kid, my anxiety was uh, off the, you know, off the roof. I, I just can't imagine having three and sitting there. It's like, with Harlow and Kennedy, I had that like, you know, you fall asleep for five seconds and wake up. Are they breathing? Fall yeah. Asleep for five seconds and <laughs> like you just keep jolting yourself awake. So like you had to look three different ways. It yeah. wasn't just yeah. like one baby. You were like, oh my goodness. So being a triplet mom, do you find it hard to give them all attention or do they kind of just steal it all from you you know in the beginning um, (laughs) when they all first came home I thought I was gonna go insane I I felt like I couldn't give them all enough attention (laughs) it it was either you know as soon as I fed one I was feeding the next and feeding the next and then the next one would start crying it was just constantly like rotating between babies now that they're older I mean they're about to be two years old in March and Now that they're older, I feel like I get the perfect amount of time with each baby. I can tell you each of their personalities. I can tell you, you know, all the little things about each one of them. And there's enough mama love to go around. (laughs) Plus all your older kids. So how did they react when you brought all three of them home? They had been anticipating, you know, patiently waiting for four months to finally meet their little brothers and and little sister. And they were just so joyful. I remember when Elena come home, I took a recording of my boys and of my, my bonus kids and they were just so excited, but every single one of them asked, where's the boys, where's Mac and Hudson. And so finally, when they come home, they were also excited and the age gap that we have, you know, we have all older kids, eight and above. And so each one of them helps out as much as possible. And that is what makes it so easy for me as a triplet mom now is because I have older kids to help. If a baby's crying, I've got kids young enough to go play with them that won't get bored. Or, you know, if I need one of like my 17 year old or my 11 year old to go up there and watch them for just a little bit so I can take a one hour nap, you know? Um, so it, they definitely make life a little bit easier with their help. That is so sweet. <sighs> well, I mean, good for you, girl, good <laughs> for you and Jimmy, my goodness. I cannot believe like 
like I said, I can't wrap my head around it because even with one kid in my short little stay, and I just remember looking at the other parents and just feeling for them because I was like, oh my goodness, like I cried so hard that one night that I didn't have Kennedy with me. And I just, I feel, I don't feel the intensity of it because you had to wait so long, but like, I know what that feels like. And that is not easy. And you are a strong, strong woman. I know you are getting sick of me telling you that, but I just (laughs) want to tell you like, honest to God, like you are so strong and you are such an inspiration and your babies are beautiful. Well, thank you all so much. And we will most likely have another episode on Mac, right? Yes. We want to talk about him a little more. Yes. So thank you so much for this. Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I don't think so. We covered a lot. I'm actually impressed. Um, thank you so much for allowing me to share my journey and hopefully help other families and other mothers or fathers that are listening help them see that they're not alone if they have babies in the NICU journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on and I love you. I love you. I mean, after hearing that, your heart just melts, right? She is so inspirational. The stuff that she went through with her triplets is something that people never think would happen with their kids. Now, because she had triplets, of course, she knew there was a chance, you know, with multiples plus, there's always a chance of that happening because normally you have them a little earlier. So they're a little, you know, less developed, but she is just such a strong, inspirational mama. And I am so happy that I was able to give her a platform and she was able to share her story with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, reach out to me if you like it. If you have any comments, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, all under the Mama Jack. I have a Facebook group and a page. So you can look for me. You can message me. I love hearing feedback and I love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much and thank you for listening.